Hello, Joygasm family. This is Russ. Hey, quick comment really quick before we start this episode. This is part two of the Elden Ring review. So if you missed last week's episode, which was episode 286, you may want to start there because we really go into detail about our thoughts on the, the story and the lore. However, this episode is going to be covering more of the art direction, the open world, the combat mechanics, as well as our concluding thoughts and review. So anyway, just figured I'd give you an FYI. Enjoy the show. I'd like to pivot from story over to the world itself because sure. the the world is such a superstar in this game where when we all began the game, we we start out in Limgrave and Limgrave by itself is big. I mean, you're, you're running amok and there's beaches, there's hills, there's like windy areas, there's lightning areas. There's Stormvale Castle. There's even like parts of like a like a broken down, like really vertically tall bridge thing that doesn't exist anymore. There's a Colosseum area. There's a forest area. I mean, so much. And, and you're not able to really like take in, especially when you think of like the amount of caves and catacombs that also exist and you know, all you, the South area. <laughs> if you go South and like, you know, you have the kind of the, the, castle area down there as well. Um, but then you suddenly have this aha moment. Well, it's not really not even aha. It's more like, whoa moment where you suddenly realize, Hey, Limgrave is not all that there is to this world. And we go on this epic blissful journey on torrent where, I mean, territory after territory after territory get revealed and not only that, but then there's even like territories that are underground underneath the places that we've already discovered. And you're, I mean, and they're huge. I have never seen a world this well thought out and high fidelity in terms. I mean, like, like they didn't skimp on the graphics. I mean, everywhere you go, you're, I mean, my eyes were just like, wow, this, I mean, I'm going to stop fighting or stop running and I'm just going to like really admire the view because this is beautiful. But uh, what do you think, Nick? No, I mean, you, you nailed it. It's it's a spectacle for the eyes. Basically, you start out in Limgrave and you're exactly right. You're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Look at that giant golden night over there and look at the way the trees move. And I remember the, the first time that it became nightfall and I'm hearing all this crazy screaming and groaning like... <laughs> I'm like, what in the freaking heck is that? It's these guys up on these crosses that apparently only at night decide to yell a lot. Uh -huh. And I was like trying to figure out where it's coming from. I'm like, there's some enemy. And I'm like sneaking around because you, know, you just start playing. So you're terrified. So everywhere you go, you're crouching. It's like, nobody sees me. Yeah. So, yep. you know, and you're moving from bushes and you run by a bush and the bush talks to you. It's just, it's, it's insane. And all the while you've got swamps and ravines and, you know, destroyed beauty, right? I mean, and then you get, I mean, as good as that is, then you get inside Stormvale Castle and it's just like, what? Yeah. This place is massive. Just yeah. the castle is massive. Yeah. Giant place, beautiful, 
No, I mean, I took so many screenshots this game. I'm not a real big take screenshots, you know, and go back and look at them later or anything like that in most games I play. I took so many screenshots in this game of, you know, whether it was the, the armor that I had on or, you know, the landscape or a building or a castle or another another NPC or something like that. It was just constantly everywhere you would turn, there was something new to look at. And then, of course, you get... In, we talked about Kaled. It's like you're walking on living leprosy. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, it's just decaying and flaking and fungus. And it's this weird pussy pink color that reminded me of a, like an infected cyst or something like that, like a yep. really bad staph infection. It's just gross. But at the same time, it's visually fascinating because mm -hmm. it's such a sharp contrast to Limgrave. You know, and, and then of course, Altus Plateau, it's like the best day in autumn you could ever imagine. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's so grand. Oh, and it's everything's in golds and oranges and reds. And yeah, it's just this beautiful place. And I was just constantly blown away by how each place felt different and unique and I, I, honestly, I, I don't know how they crammed this much into one title realized so well. And there, there isn't a lot of places anywhere you go. They don't feel the same. It, it, there right. isn't a lot of overlap. You know what I mean? No. So every, every place is unique. It has its own personality. I remember going into the, you know, the, uh, Lucaria Academy and just being like, cause I was playing initially, uh, I was playing a, you know, sorcerer type and I was like, well, this is my place. Yeah. This, this is where I'm from. I These am are my people. Sorcerer. These are my people. And it's like being in like really dangerous Hogwarts. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> yeah. quite terrible, actually. With a lot but, of Burger uh, King sorcerers. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I was rocking that Burger King helm for a while <laughs> until I found something better. But uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and so it's, it's just interesting. And so you have these areas that not only are visually stunning, but you kind of, depending on what type of character you're playing, you kind of resonate with that area, you know, and, and so there's that whole thing going on too. And their characters each on their own, right? It, the, the landscape itself is a, it's its own character, which is a real hard thing to pull off a lot of times in games, I feel like. And yeah. they really, they really nailed it where it's like, they each have a very distinct feel that is very unique to them. The things you find there feel like they belong in that area versus another, uh, from every, everything from enemies to items, you know, it's it's a marvel. It is. It really is. I mean, and Steve, I'm curious to know since you know you you don't, uh, uh, to my knowledge, you haven't really played like an open world game before this game, right? Well, like The Witcher was open world. You can go anywhere in The Witcher. It kind of though, but like remember how like it would have those loading screens? Like you like if you wanted to go to like a, a completely different territory, you'd go to that map and then you'd have to select that like insignia and then there'd be a loading screen that would load back up. It, you know, it wasn't like a seamless Oh yeah. Oh well, I mean they're not not seamless like this one is. I mean it was not next gen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, this is one of the first this one is like way open world. I mean, you can go anywhere anytime almost anytime maybe you have to go through a catacomb to get there or something because you can't find the two halves that make the elevator work but whatever <laughs> um <laughs> and so <laughs> but uh i mean yeah so i i 
I, again, I'm wandering around trying to figure out where I'm supposed to go. But the wandering itself, though, like you clearly, I mean, because you were farther ahead than I was. Uh-huh. The game was like the open world was designed in such a way where it clearly did a really great job of leading you or, or I should say like suggesting subtly like, Oh, you should go check out that location. And once you got there and then all of a sudden you see something else on the Ridge and you're like, Oh, I wonder what that is. Or, you know, like, like they, they really did a successful job in organically letting you, or I should say, encouraging you almost to go like, you know, Oh, I wonder what's in that cave. I wonder what's up on that Hill. I wonder what's down in that swamp. You know, like, I mean, clearly, you went through and you saw quite a bit of these areas, right? I I did, um, but I would disagree in the fact that it, they didn't encourage me to go like, okay, you need to go over here. All I did was go, oh, I haven't explored this area yet, and oh, I'm dying more over here. I'm dying quicker. Let's try oh, this other place. I'm dying less here. Maybe I'll stay. Yeah. You know, so that was more my thing of, of discovering um, how to progress through the game is, uh, you know, basically... Uh, how much defense I had against the uh, what the enemy threw at me at any given spot. And right. so if I go, okay, um, I'm level 10 and I'm at, at you know, Altus Plateau, like I'm not supposed to be <laughs> I'm here I'm not supposed yet. to be here. Uh, like everybody's sneezing on me and I'm dying. And like, I'm, I'm barely able to like recollect my runes before, you know, running with my arms flailing. So yeah. um, I remember that there was that one uh, particular portal back when I was like, super new low level to the game and it warped me t- into uh, the, the Altus Plateau's uh, capital city and it had that that one the giant uh, the, yeah that giant oh, the Colossus there. the Colossus <laughs> yeah I just and ran I, into him on my new playthrough <laughs> oh yeah no I mean it, it was the funniest thing because like I look at him and like again this game is so good at making my butthole pucker because I'm just like I am not supposed to be I, I'm, I'm like i'm looking around as a character i'm like this is beyond me right now this like i beyond any of us run yeah <laughs> run you fools <laughs> exactly fly you fools <laughs> but um but no like like i think that 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 speaks to the, the the quality of the game where like even those types of feelings that you have were like you it's almost like a primal instinct. Like, you know, even as a gamer in this fantasy world, you, you get to a place like that and you're just like, I need to get away now. How, how do I get out of here? I'm no, I know I'm not supposed to be here at this point in time. And it wasn't just that particular spot, but also in terms of different locations and stuff, all of a sudden I would find myself somewhere else or whatever. And I want to know. Like I said, it, like it, it's so subtly done. It's not like they bonk you over the head and with like a big old notification saying you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> but instead, it's actually like it's so subtly ingrained where you, as the player, recognize that you identify that, and then you change up your battle tactics and, and you know you'll be back there later. But right now is not the time. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, there are those moments too where like like with that sleeping colossus where you're like, eh, I'll poke it, see what happens. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. that part though, I'm telling you, I forgot that I could just leave. Like I can just, you know, go to a different grace point. I did I forgot all about it. And I was like level 30 or something when I was there, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And I, I remember friends telling me like, oh yeah, it's just like Dark Souls, man. You know, man, you gotta beat him. You're there. I'm like, 
what am I supposed to do? Like, I can hardly even kill the regular soldiers. Am I going to fight this thing? You know? And then I finally beat him. I don't even know how many times. I thought it was like three nights in a row. I was stuck there. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Honestly. And I just kept on. Like, I maybe I got lucky. It was whacking off his Achilles tendon, you know, enough so that, you know, he would lay down and be like, okay, I'm staggered now. I'm like, yes! Uh-huh. And stab him a few times. And then, uh, I, you know, I finally beat him. I you got, got your toothpick of a sword oh, compared to the, the mass that is the Colossus. I yeah. literally had like the first weapon I got in the game. Like, I don't even know if I upgraded it. Maybe I upgraded it a little bit, but it was like the first halibut. It wasn't even like a full, you know, spear and axe it was just like a welded piece of metal at the end of a stick and that's all it really was i'm like oh got some gosh. aluminum foil yeah. and this toothpick i have okay. a golf club i'm set yeah <laughs> let's do this yeah nick um i'm sure that you have some um uh, comments about what we're talking about with regards to just the uh, the, the open world um being the sandbox from a from a game design standpoint where I mean, really, like the only game that comes close in my mind is uh, probably Zelda Breath of the Wild. And that was more of a, you know, obviously it's an older game and it had more of a simplistic approach. But you can tell that From Software used that as kind of its foundation for what they built. And it's just insane how, despite it being so huge, that like, I don't know. It's like every time you would like, you'd see something that you want to go check out, you'd get there. And then there'd be other things that you'd see once you got there that suddenly would make you want to check stuff out. And, you know, to Steve's point, it's like, you know, if you run into certain enemies or whatever, like you would just know, okay, I need to like, you know, return and and go a different direction. But uh, did you have anything else to add to that? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I kind of come from a different place where, you know, Steve is looking at it more from, okay, do I do combat here? Do I not do combat here? me with the the uh, ADD <laughs> I easily get distracted and I love seeing new things I like I would see something and I'd be like oh can I get on that can I go up that cliff can I climb on that building can I go in that building you know whatever it was and so I would just find myself going I mean I remember talking to you after I started playing and I ended up way over in Caleb way too low level I think I was like level like 12 or 14 <laughs> or something like that and I'm like wandering around this like lake full of rot like people chasing me i'm dying left and right you know but i'm like well if i'm not supposed to be here let's see if i can find some chests because i bet the loot's real good and i found like some pretty good loot running around there but for me i really enjoyed the fact that they created such an open open world where literally you're not really blocked from any one place at any point in the game there's some way to get through it and I really liked their, their kind of their approach of that there's more than one way to skin a cat. Perfect example, he didn't find the two medallions to get up in the Altus Plateau. I did my first playthrough. My my new playthrough where I'm starting a new game, not new game plus I made a confessor, I ended up finding the way that he got there. And I didn't even find that at all while my first playthrough and I thought I was pretty thorough. So mm-hmm. I really love the fact that it is so wide, it is so open and you're right. There's always something new to look at and it's like, well, can I go there? What's that over there? And for me, I love that kind of stuff. I love to explore. Anybody who's played games with me where they let you wander around and anything remotely like an open sandbox knows I try to climb everything, go everywhere, look at everything, find all the secrets. That's what I love to do. So for me, it was like a kid in the candy store because they're just like, here's our world have at it 
you might get slayed, but you can go wherever you want. Sure. <laughs> you know, and I, I really liked being able to kind of do that. I will say the one downside is, is in doing so, I think that's part of why I missed certain characters' quests, because I probably went places I wasn't supposed to be when I hadn't, you know, completed Stormvale Castle, you know, or various other things. So, but uh, it's a small complaint because the game's so dang good. I mean, as much as we complained about like the story, and the lack of breadcrumbs and maybe needing to be a journal or something like that. So for those of us who are maybe a little bit more obtuse, you know, to understand what's going on. Um, at the same time, it's, it, it's such a cool thing to just kind of be able to go anywhere, do anything, have this really organic experience because it is such an inviting world. It is such an intriguing world. There's always something interesting around the corner. You know, you never know what you might find. And it's for me, I was just like, I've had so much fun just wandering. Yeah. Not even necessarily trying to accomplish anything, just wandering and seeing what I ran into. Yeah. And uh, I, that part of the game really endeared itself to me. And I feel like the way that they designed the different areas of the lands between encouraged it. Yeah, no, that's definitely, um, the, the, I think, I think the experience that, that we've all felt as we played, as we went through the game, now I would also like to talk about the obviously the combat mechanics, right? Sure. That that is the the bread and butter of the game. You yeah. get into these uh, fight or flight situations, and especially when it comes to the the demigod uh, fights themselves. For me, one of the things about it is I loved how sophisticated the the bosses, like the demigods, were in terms of their attack patterns. You know, it was so challenging for me. And, and again, I was reminded of this when I was playing Sekiro because Sekiro is the same kind of thing. But like, you know, like you have like a boss who like raises up their like sword or staff. They're like, you know, and so like, you know, meanwhile, you're like, you're like flipping and flipping and flipping and doing somersaults like crazy uh, until you run out of endurance. And you can tell that like they, they almost kind of with some of those moves, they've timed out like, oh yeah, the gamer's totally going to be like in somersault mode and they're going to run out of endurance right about here, which is when we'll have the, the demigod go whack. Um, but not only that, in terms of the animations, the movement, like, you know, you see all those multiple layers of clothing or hair. like, you, yeah, right. the hair right. or even like, like the, perhaps there's like some kind of ribbon that's off of like the, the enemy's sword or weapon, whatever it might be. There is something that's very romantic about it. There's a, there's a romanticism about how they've approached this. Um, in a way that that just it, they move so lifelike. It's not like you know, like like the, there there's it's like not this, like the 16 bit era. <laughs> wow, yeah. two frames for a walk animation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like here, like there, like here, like there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, did you find yourself like like I mean I'm sure you did, but just share like a bit of like your response and your reaction to like when you came across those various bosses and your combat encounters, Steve. If you would please. Sure thing, Russ. Um, no, I, yeah, I, I agree with it. I mean, I think they, uh, I, th- those were like literally the highlights part of the game, right? I mean, so they designed these bosses to be impressive and they were impressive. And that's part of which. Larger than life, I would say. Yeah. Makes you oh, yeah. larger than life. 
Is that a boy band? Yeah, that is a song? boy band. That was. Yeah, oh I've, boy, I was working uh, with a bunch of women who played oh, that boy. nonstop. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> back to Elden Ring. Yeah, let's do that. So, <laughs> yeah, switching back. Uh, yeah, so you have these incredibly designed bosses, and that's almost why you didn't really mind dying by them because they weren't exactly cheap. Like, they want to combat you, and you want to combat them, but, like, uh, there, there's no exact pattern, really. There's swinging styles, or, like, if they get ready to jump, like, okay, he's going to jump because yeah. he's squatting now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, like I, the game that comes to mind is like Devil May Cry, for example. Like one or even though I like the like number one, number two, when you would get to the boss fight, I remember them having such just static. Okay, they're gonna do this move, this move, this move, and then they're gonna like retrace their steps, and that's when you had to shoot them or slash them or do whatever. Oh, then the same three moves: one, two, three, and a lot. Well, that just kind of takes out some. I mean, the game's still cool, but it takes out some of that. Unpredictability. Unpredictability. Yeah. And the unpredictability is definitely very cool. Uh, and figuring out what they're doing to, 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 to fight you, like their fighting style was awesome. Um, and yeah, there was times where like I was the ultimate gymnast, like nobody in the world can out <laughs> somersault me. And I was, I was putting points into endurance because not only am I carrying around like lumbering the heaviest armor I can wear and swinging the heaviest sword I can, um, but I know that because I'm melee and I got to be like right front and center. Your nose is like in the chest hair of the demigod. You're like, okay, you're ready. I got a knife that's this big. I'm going to stick you. Um, <laughs> but I got to cut your jugular. I gotta, yeah. You're so close to you. I got to cut your jugular. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be the, 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 the knife fight of a thousand cuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paper cut him. Three to hours death. later. Okay. Hitting the button. Enough cuts. Is he dead already? Um, <laughs> Wait, they've got a second phase. Oh crap. Yeah, exactly. Second phase. And so, yeah, right. Oh, that's happened too. Anyway. Um, and so I got to see it really up close because I have to be kind of at a, you know, six foot length in order to do any damage. There was, you know, I was never using my crossbow. I was never using any magic. And up until like the last part of the game, I wasn't even using any like spell buffs at all. You just right? had your, your, your trusty right weapon and, and just went for it. Yeah, that's it. I, I have this huge stockpile of random <laughs> junk that I've just like, Oh, flower. I'm on torn. Scoop that up. Put it in the pile. Oh, what's this fragment of some kind? It's a stone. Put it in the pile. I mean, I think I have like 400 like uh, ruin fragments. Yeah, or something <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, anyway, so yes, back to the bosses. Fantastic. Except for the Elden Beast because the Elden Beast, you're just there and he's just kind of colorful and you have to get up close to him and he's just, you know, there's nothing really romantic about that thing. He just looks like a, a glowy brontosaurus. It's true. I mean, we can talk a little bit about the the Elden Beast. I did think that that phase one was awesome. Like no, you yeah. see the cinematic and you see Queen America being held up there, suspended, mm. and then she comes down. Then all of a sudden, you realize, oh, she instantaneously turned into um, Radagon. Radagon, thank you. Um, and so, so that whole initial thing where like, you know, you, like we've seen all of the, the, the cinematic trailers where you see them like, you know, being a blacksmith and hammering this, this ring and whatnot and with that, that anvil, I guess. Um, 
and the hammer and whatnot. And so you're like doing their thing. So now you come face to face with that same character that we saw way back when they had the teaser trailer. And you're, I mean, I got goosebumps. I was like, Whoa, okay. It's on now. And, uh, the, just the AOE damage that, that the character could do was, was pretty intense, but then it got to phase two and Nick and I have talked about this as well, where I found myself actually being a bit disappointed, um, with the design of that particular phase of the character, because it just, it looked like some kind of weird, what'd you call it, Nick? It was like a salamander or, or brontosaurus or what would you say it was? <laughs> yeah. It looked like a, like basically like a salamander and a brontosaurus had a baby and then someone put a galaxy inside of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very um, abstract. And honestly, I, I just don't know if they ran out of time, which I mean, Hey, no judgment because you guys put a metric ton into this game. <laughs> and maybe it's got to the point where like, I don't know. We, we got like a two days left. Just put something in. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we'll go with that design. That'll work. Yeah. We're going to be at the end of the game anyway. Uh, I can just see like all their creatives like, okay, look, you see everything that we've made right here. I am plumb out of ideas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Galactic Brontosaurus. Here we go. Yeah, exactly. What do you got, Frankie? I don't know. I, I, I will say, I, I did think that the design of the inside of it was really cool looking. Like the whole kind of like the cosmos being caught in it. I thought that looked really awesome. Yeah. And its attacks looked really cool. Yeah. but Oh, yeah. The attacks. Yeah. Uh, especially when he's attacking from afar. <laughs> and like really, really afar. You're, you don't have anything like, okay... I'm going to stretch up my crossbow again and up. Oh, I can't reach you because you're all the way across the tree yeah, or whatever imagine. dimension you were. So I'm running over there. You as a vagabonder getting your, your steps in. <laughs> Whack. Yeah. My, uh, my little Fitbit was like just off the chart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was like, man, you really lost a lot of weight. I'm like, I oh, know I'm ready to be a little <laughs> Lord. Can I have a nap? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that, yeah, that, um, wow. Golly, I I made my mimic last a little bit so he could focus on him. Then I could run up to him and just like whack, 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 whack. Yeah. And then I whacked him enough time. And then, man, it was funny though, because when I watched you twitch, you had more difficult. <laughs> What's wrong with him? You were, you definitely had more trouble with the first form because he was using more physical attacks and the magic attacks, plus with the second form, plus you had stuff you can propel towards it. I thought, yeah, he's going to have no problem with the second form. It was complete opposite for me. Like I was, of course, robust and like, you want to, you want to swing at me, yeah. you know? And then, you know, he, he would just waste a little bit of life. He's like, here, holy magic. Bam! I'm like, crap. <laughs> Son of a nugget. I guess it's worth mentioning that like, so Steve was a vagabond in his first playthrough. I was the confessor class and Nick um, mentioned earlier, he was a sorcerer. So we had very different experiences. Yeah, we probably should have said that at the beginning. The Elden yeah. Beast sucked for me. <laughs> the El Oh, the Elden Beast did? Yes. I That's, died more there than any other boss in the game. Are you talking about uh, phase one or two or phase both? two? Phase two. I could really, wreck Radagon. Really, Radagon was piece of cake. I figured out his move set. I could keep the distance and use my spells, and he was no problem. But I got to that Elden Beast, and he had the, the range that he had compared to the range of my spells. It just couldn't even compete. And then 
most of the spells don't have really good stagger. Some of the the gravity magic does have decent stagger, and so I couldn't stagger him. And I think I, I told you guys that was the first boss that I beat completely with melee. I just finally gave up on using magic yeah. at all, and I went in with my wing of Estelle and just started swinging and uh, mm-hmm. using the Ash of War on that, and that worked great because then I was finally able to stagger the dang thing, and that was how I beat it. Yeah. So yeah, magic was not, at least for me, magic was not working. I couldn't do any of my old tricks I used on the dragons because even though he's big, he moves a ton. Yeah. So he doesn't stay he stationary. So like my comment that you guys are like, oh my gosh, it's so cheap. It doesn't work on that thing because he doesn't stay still long enough. He so- was still for you though, a lot. Because I remember watching the the Twitch video and I'm like, man, he's not even going like nearly across the screen. You gotta, I mean- I mean, he's still, I mean, he was doing that weird warping thing. He didn't do it nearly as much. Like, literally. Really? No. For me, I Dude, would. He was like Nightcrawler when I played him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really? Bamf, yeah. Bamf, bamf, teleporting all over the dang place. Yeah. I mean, literally, I would run up to him, and he's throwing, like, waves of stuff at me, and I'm jumping and jumping, and I'd get right up to him, and then I'd go, like, just about to swing, and then he would just disappear, and then go oh, weird. back to the other side of the screen. See, what's interesting was for me, and you guys yeah. already know this, but the phase one was hard for me because um, initially my, my strategy was like, okay, clearly this is the last boss. Um, I'm going to like hold off on actually using my spirit summons until phase two because I'm probably really, really, really going to need the, him to, to be there. So like... I wouldn't use the spirit summons on phase one. And that was a huge mistake because I could barely, I mean, I mean, barely chip away any of his health before. I mean, he would just overwhelm me with his AOE attacks and I'd just be taken out the instant that I was able to actually kind of change up my strategy and go, okay, I'm just going to use the spirit summons. Now that actually worked in my favor because then I was able to get through that part of it with not too much of an issue. And then it, you know, the spirit summons would last, I would say halfway through phase two and then get killed. And then I was able to survive barely. I remember when I finally took out the Elden beast, I mean, my health was like maybe 20%. And I think I, I don't even know if I had any health flasks left. I think I may have had one left or something like that. So, I mean, it was a battle that was like well-earned. I mean, I, I was, I was pretty satisfied with that, but I love hearing the stories though. I love how we each have like our own story of how, and it wasn't even like limited to um, the Elden Beast encounter, but like all these different encounters that, um, that we had, we all have our own unique story or even like how we got to certain locations. I mean, there were several instances where like you got somewhere that was different than how I got somewhere that was different than from where Nick got. And it was just so fun to be like, you know, you, you could hear the, the surprise in each of our voices. We're like, wait, there's, there's another way there's, there's another, oh, wow. You know, and again, that just speaks to the, the replayability. I realize I'm shouting cause I'm so excited about this game. I apologize. It is no, great. I, I mean, it's, it's hard not to. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, for my combat experience, um, obviously playing a sorcerer, and I, I know, I know, I've heard it from my friends who've been playing Souls games, people I know at work. Oh, that's not, that's not real Souls play. You need to do <laughs> the sword and board, bruh, or just a sword. 
it's like, okay, but this was my first from software game. So I, I chose the soft landing and I went with magic to start. It's That's a lot fine. of fun. It's a lot of fun. And the, the cool thing was, is that for me, it was a good introduction into the game because it did make certain things, especially at the beginning, a little easier. But the cool thing was, is that as I gained levels and as I gained experience, I started wanting to dabble in more things. So, you know, I started leveling up like my Moonvale Katana and I loved using that. And so I was starting to do more melee with that. And then eventually I got the Dark Moon Greatsword. And so I was using that for me- melee, not even just the, the the big slashing attack it can do where it shoots out sure. the crescent moon thing. Um, and kind of getting a feel for more of, of that kind of combat and a few other items that I tried as well to the point now where I've actually stopped playing my second playthrough, my new game plus two or plus one new game plus one on my sorcerer. I actually stopped playing that for now. And I, I made a confessor and I'm aiming at being mostly just strength. I'm just getting enough basically faith and a little bit of intellect. Cause I want to be able to use a couple different spells. I want to be able to use the golden vow f- flame, grant me strength. And then the scholar shield. And I'm going to run through and sword and board it with that and basically put the rest of my points into strength and, and try that. And I've been having a blast doing that totally different experience. Yeah, definitely more difficult in some ways. And in other ways, there are things that have been easier so that it's, it's kind of interesting to see the balance between the two. And I think if anything, that that's another feather in their cap is that there's a, a how many different character types are there? I think that is it 10, like 12, <clears throat> something like eight or 10. I was going to yeah. say eight. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere in that range. And, and they're all kind of like are set up at least at the start to kind of do something different. And each thing you try feels very different. So, I mean, on top of the fact that, yeah, you may not have experienced everything on your playthrough and maybe you're gaining more of the story. There's these whole other ways to play. And so that draws you back into it. it's like, yeah, you can keep doing the new game plus and there's some fun to be had in that. Or you can go like I'm doing and roll up a new character and head out into the lands between and have a completely different experience based on how you decide to encounter foes. And it feels incredibly different doing it that way. And I think that's a testament to to the combat mechanics that they've built in the game, both not only the enemies you fight and learning their patterns and learning how to fight them in a new way, but the fact that all these weapons feel really different from one another and mace feels very different from a sword, even though they're both you're swinging them both. They feel different. You use a flail, same thing. You go and use the claws. The claws are super fast, but you you want to talk about death by a thousand cuts. You got to get real close to those suckers. (laughs) Uh Man, are they quick? And so it's just, there's all these different ways to play. I mean, there is the bows. If you want to do that thing, there's cross, I mean, you name it, they've got it and they all feel unique. And for me, I'm like, okay, that's why I want to keep coming back. And that's why I said, for me, it's the new Skyrim. I've been playing Skyrim for, I don't even know what, 10 years, however long it's been out now. I keep playing it. I keep going back to it. I'm like, yeah, Skyrim's neat. I want to do Elden Ring. Uh-huh. Right. And so, cause there's just so much to do and it's a different experience each time, depending on, you know, what you decide to outfit your character with and how you roll up your stats. But I will say, <clears throat> uh, a little bit different experience that Nick is having than I'm having. Cause I'm just going to go through new game plus and I'm like, I'm going to kill everything and I see. <laughs> like, literally, like, you've all killed me tons of times. I'm going to lay waste and be like, yeah, right? And uh, and it feels just great. <laughs> I mean, it feels wonderful, but... I'm what the I will, Elden Lord. You're yeah, right. I am. Bow to me. <laughs> so, uh, but what, what's been happening is, and I'm sure you've experienced some of this too, 
is that you get to a certain point and then you they, they stop really letting you get stronger. And like, I think it's like around 60, like after yeah. level 60, you're like, okay, well you can go to level in like 99, but it almost takes twice the levels to even increase one point. And so like, for me, it's all about strength and endurance and maybe, you know, dexterity. And so like now I can get up to 333,000 runes and go, okay, I want to increase strength. Okay. Notch that over. How much does that give me? And they're like, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Go do it all over again. And I'm like, why is that? You know, anyway. No, it's true. I mean, and, and 60 acts as a, as a soft cap. They do allow you to continue going on, but really like those are the game designers. Well, what was that, Nick? 80 is the hard cap for most of the. Oh, 80. Okay. Yeah. At, at 80 at that point, like from what I've, at least from what I've read, most people said there's really not any point to putting any more points in it because the gain is so infinitesimally small that you won't even notice. Yeah, and, and really, I mean, the, that's just the game designers, you know, by design. They're they're wanting to like kind of uh, wean you off of of having the, these pretty sizable jumps. Like you know, but when you start the game and you level up, they're giving you a pretty substantial amount of of a bump from where you were to where you are going to within any one of those attributes. So, and plus too, I mean, like we've talked about this already you are at a point and really anyone who beats the game and they're going on, on like journey number two or three or whatever you you carry all of that over from the previous game. So, I mean, you are so insanely powerful from the get go. <laughs> like, and, and this is, I mean, I totally respect and realize the fact that, you know, Hey, you know, if you want to do that, then that's your prerogative. You go right ahead. I mean, there's no judgment here, but I mean, one of the things for me personally was just that, like, I, while I do want to go through it at least one time at some point in new game plus to just be, like you said, just be this, like this total badass and, 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 you know, not be afraid of anything. Um, what I'm more excited about and more looking forward to is being able to start brand new, start with brand new classes, go through the game with those types of experiences, kind of like what Nick was talking about uh, just now, just because part of the game's magic has to do with that fight or flight response where like, yes, you are a nobody. Yes, you are very weak. You could be killed very easily and you have to painstakingly earn your way through this world. And again, for, for me, like, like the, I think I get more satisfaction out of that. Um, and especially considering the fact that when I compare this game to a game like Sekiro, you know, Sekiro was intense all the time. And we didn't really talk about this uh, with Elden Ring, so I'll just mention it really quickly. But in Elden Ring, what's nice is that there are these the kind of like peaks and valleys, right? Like, like you, and it's all your choice. If you yeah. decide you're going to go and, and you're going to have some sort of like crazy intense battle, that's on you. That That is your call to make. If you would rather just take a nice leisurely stroll with Torrent and you're going and you're, you're discovering loot and you're exploring new vistas and locales and that sort of thing, that's a much more laid back experience. Um, and that was something that like, to me, I welcomed just simply because, I mean, I was gearing myself up for Sekiro Part 2 and was just very pleasantly surprised how different this game was. And I, I know I've been referencing Sekiro in, in this kind of real intense way or intense light, but 
I mean, Sekiro is one of my all-time favorite games too. It was a game that like, the game was so well made. It was like, I was, I would get enraged because of how hard it was and how intense it was. Not because the game cheated me or because there was any kind of cheap kind of stuff going on. It was the fact that I, as a gamer, recognized that I was being outclassed by the AI and I had no excuse other than the fact that I had to get good. There is one little cheap thing they do, though. What is it? I know I'm totally like, I'm like the only one playing devil's advocate here. Are you talking about Sekiro? And in Elden Ring. Oh, Elden Ring. Go ahead. So if, if the enemy knocks you down and you're laying there, you know, <laughs> just laid ways, you're like, oh, totally did, you know, you got to get up. Give me a you knock the yeah. air out of me. Air, eh. You can still get hit and die. But if you knock someone down and they're just, you know, just flat out, you cannot hit them again until they get up. True. Some enemies, some enemies you, you can, but it's mostly the big, the big ones that'll let you hit them when they're down. But that's because that's part of the stagger mechanic. But mm. I know what you mean. It's like the knights and stuff. There's like that period where you can't hit them. And that really sucks. I, that, that got me killed a lot right when I started playing. <laughs> You remind me when you said knights too, but we didn't even <clears throat> talk about the fact that like the world itself has almost like a, a, a change of changing of the guard based on when the sun goes down and the moon comes up, right? Like when you have totally different enemies that all of a sudden reveal themselves only at night versus enemies that are only around during the daytime. And again, that, you know, that's just part of the ecosystem where I'm like, dude, that's so cool. Anyway. We've been talking for probably two hours now. Yes. My butt's asleep, Ross. My uh, butt bones <laughs> are feeling a little sore. I need a massage. I'll massage you. I want to go home. I won't give you. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 Um, but what I would like to do is- <laughs> Keep talking. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to keep going for another <laughs> two hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I was just going to say, um, let's wrap up by, you know, if there are any other types of comments that you have that, um, you know, for whatever reason we weren't able to cover, you, you can definitely say those now and just, you know, give us, give us your thoughts on, in terms of, um, we'll start with you. Oh, uh, you know, your, your overall review, uh, you know, rating of the game. Well, I would say, uh, thank you for pushing us to play the game. Oh, my yes. pleasure. Um, because I would have totally passed on it, Russ. I would have passed on it and then never looked back and ever given it a try. And then maybe I would have heard someone say something about it. Maybe not, but I probably never have ever, 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 <laughs> ever, ever, ever tried it. Ever, ever. Um, <laughs> that being said, that totally different experience. Uh, we all talk about uh, these different classes of, of characters that we've played. And we've all had different experiences, but we've all had similar experiences at the same time, which I think was really a testament to uh, the, the design or the play mechanics that have, have gone into this this game. Um, and I never played anything quite like this one in, in terms of dying is a part of the game. Like, you die not because you're terrible. You die because it's intentionally very difficult for you. Uh, and it's intentionally difficult for everybody. Everybody is going to go through this hardship journey with you. And so it's not to say that you're a bad character or you're a bad at the game. We want you to become 
like confident in your abilities of the character that you've selected and triumph. And when you triumph, it's like many celebrations, not confetti or anything, but they really make you feel good that you've you know, felled some incredibly beautifully designed boss, right? Um, and, and if you have to try again, they, they, they prop you up and you they put you, you know, those grace points just in like the perfect, like beautiful spot. Like the, the you, I can remember there were times where uh, in um, Stormvale where I would wake up in this grace point and the wind would be blowing and they through the trees and I could see rain coming down too. And I could see shafts of sunlight coming in and leaves blowing. And I'm like, I am going to sit here and be thankful I'm alive again before I continue playing the game. And then I would go forward and I would go, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I died with Melania and I, and I, and I, and I was not irritated. I was not cursing the game. I was not cursing the character. I wasn't destroying my controller or, you know, having to splash water. I mean, like I need to go for a walk and cool off or something. (laughs) I like, I, I can't even, I wonder like, there's got to be a way to figure out how many times you died in the game. There has to be. Oh, yeah, they right? need a counter. They need um, a death counter. They and, do. And it's funny, like, you you watch some of these YouTube creators, like, a, I, we've texted a bunch of them back and forth, uh-huh. and, like, they capture the ga- the essence of the game that everybody has played through, and everybody has laughed at, or, you know, not necessarily cried at, but, like, just, oh, I can't get past this part sort of thing. Uh Anyhow, it's just funny how we've all had these different experiences, but they've all funneled through the same experience. I and I haven't played anything like it. Um, I do have my qualms. Yeah, you know, I, I I was thinking I was the only one pissing and moaning over here. <laughs> Would that be <laughs> different from any other day? <laughs> um, but uh, and and I still and I like I said I, I felt them in the beginning and I feel them through the end of the game and I kind of still feel them now. But um, but. So I wouldn't say it's like a perfect game in that sense because uh, it, it irks me that I have to do so much work to, to, to find out what I want them to have me find out, right? Yeah. Um, but anyhow, that being said, um, I, my rating for the game would be a... We're doing it out of 10. Out of 10? Yes. We do the when we do game reviews and we do the, the numerical system. Movies are the star system. Are they, Russ? Yes. Hmm. Then I would give it a nine out of 10. A nine out of 10. A nine out of 10. You know, I do think it, there, there are a couple of things that come to mind with what you're talking about in, in relation to you, where first of all, I think it was worthy of merit to talk about the fact that you, like we all die so many times in this game, but part of the secret sauce of the game is we are motivated to try again and try again and try again and try again. There are very few and far between games that have figured out again, this is all within the code. Like, like this is not by accident, right? This is very intentional by the game developers. They figured out that they could absolutely punish us and still give us the the desire to fight again. A comparison I would say is like when I was playing like Halo five four, I think it was, and I was dying a bunch at Halo four, and it just dawned on me like I'm not having a good time here. Yeah. Like I want to finish the game, 
but I really don't care to finish it in a hurry or keep, like, I, I'd rather just put it on the shelf and play something else. Like, it was different because I died a ton, but there was nothing compelling me to go forward other than just like, okay, I, I want to see the ending. Yeah. But I'm not having a good time with it. Yeah. And this was totally different. It was the opposite. Yes, I want to finish the game, but I would get absolutely annihilated and still have a wonderful time. Well, and that leads me to the second point I was going to make with relation to you in the sense that even after you've beaten the game, what's interesting is that you, you know, you bring up on your Xbox Series X, you have your whole game library there and you continue to choose Elden Ring out of all the other games. I mean, you know, Steve being like, he's a big, uh, you know, racing fan, right? Like you love Forza and all that kind of stuff. You go to Elden Ring. Right. And I think that, that that is very telling in terms of the fact that, that you are just really having a wonderful time in this world, so much so that you, I mean, even after you've beat it, I don't even know how many hundreds of hours you put into it the first time, you're already going through it a second time. And with the friends that we've mentioned on the program, they've gone through nine times. So anyway, just thought I'd add that in there. Nick, please, sir, would you be so kind as to... Share with us your concluding thoughts as well as your uh, rating of Elden Ring. Okay. I'm going to keep it quick because the viewers may not know this, but I'm on my phone for video and it's going to die soon. Uh, oh. I forgot to plug it in before we started because <laughs> I wasn't expecting to do it this way. But that being said, um, for me, the game, it, it, it just checks so many boxes and just to echo what you guys were just saying, the secret sauce of the game is that it compels you to come back. No matter what's going on, no matter how frustrated you get, you're like, you're just, you just want to try it again. You just want to pick up the controller and try it again. And I think the big kudos is that there isn't a lot of things that seem cheap. There isn't this weird AI increase when you're doing really well and it goes, ah, ah, ah let's put you back in your place now. When you die, it's because you made a mistake or multiple mistakes. Yeah. You know, and that alone was the thing I think that surprised me the most. Cause I thought I'm just going to get frustrated and to echo again, Steve, like, thank you for convincing me to play. Cause it's one of my favorite games ever. And I just thought, Oh, I'm going to die all the time. It's not going to be fun. I'm going to waste my money buying this game. It's, ugh. Oh boy, whatever. But I'll try it. You keep saying to try it. I'm gonna try it. And I, I was most surprised by the fact that, yeah, I could die over and over again. And I heard every death yell possible that there is in this <laughs> game. And there are many. And they're all funny. I kind of get a kick out of them at this point. But, uh, yeah, you just want to keep trying. And it really speaks to something that they've captured that I don't really know that any other developers have really done as well. And it's a kudo, kudos, you know, a feather in their cap uh, to From Software that they've been able to do that Um I love the game. It's inspiring me to play other characters and do new starts and, you know, to branch out, maybe try some of the other games and uh, bang my head against those walls and get good, you know? So for me, the game, I I have the same qualms as Steve. Uh, You weren't the only one who has issues with it, Steve. I tend to agree with you in regards to it could be better at giving you as the protagonist a clear line of why you're there, why you're doing what you're doing, why it's important. And I'd say that's probably my only real issue with it. While I don't mind going and to see other resources to learn more and taking the time to read all of the items and, you know, that sort of thing. That's not for everybody. 
And even for me, it's like my time is limited. And he's right. Like there's a couple of videos I've watched that are an hour long, you know, going over various parts of the lore or various histories about various characters. Um, I do think that that aspect of it is the only thing I could knock it down. But I have a hard time not giving it a 10 because <laughs> I just enjoy it so much. Even yeah. that aside, I mean, I guess it just depends on how – how specific you want to be of what is the perfect game and a 10 being perfect. I guess I'd say 9.5. I'm going to give it, give it not quite 10. Uh, and I reserve my 10s for a game that just does everything right. Um, and I think this game does pretty much everything right, except I do wish that the story was more easily consumed in a way that makes sense. Uh, and that's the only knock I can give on it. Other than that, I love the lands between. I'm be spending lots of time in the lands between. And uh, <laughs> like I said, it's my new Skyrim. It's the game I'm just I just keep going back to, and I will yeah. keep going back to. Well, you both have really given um, some great insight as to why you guys have loved the game. And uh, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. I'm right there with with both of you. Oh, yeah. um, you know, it, it's interesting for me because I really was not going to play another From Software title after Sekiro, um, and I'm glad. I, I'm I'm really grateful that I I decided to to give this one a chance because having not played any of the Souls games, I knew that Sekiro was a different beast altogether. It was not the same, but that Elden Ring seemed to be more or less in the same vein as like a Souls game that they made in the past. And they have really concocted this really special title in the sense of that the game design just works. And it's not, it's not so much, I don't know. I think, I think the biggest kind of takeaway for me is that it caused me to realize that I, as a gamer have been conditioned when I play an action RPG to expect um, certain types of things to happen or occur, whatever the case may be. And this game showed me a, a completely new way to experience what an action RPG could be. And it forced me to reevaluate some of my muscle memory, some of, of just what my expectations are within in this genre. And once I was able to like get my mind wrapped around that, suddenly the brilliance of the game really came out. And that's something that is, um, you know, I, I do see from time to time, especially in, in Japanese game developers, is that they intentionally break you down as a gamer and penalize you if you try to rely on kind of like the classic tried and true kind of things of what you, you know, just typically what you do, right? Like, you know, best kind of example I can give is like, oh, the right trigger is gas and the left trigger is brake. Or like, you know, if I'm playing a fighting game, odds are if I do like a, a half circle and the, and the A button or X button or something, you know, there will be some kind of fireball that shoots out or whatever, you know, there's certain things like that. And a game like this says no. That's not how we do things here. And once you embrace that, and I think I was talking to you guys a bit about this too, about how the best way to approach a From Software title is to be water, which is in the sense you flow around like all the different obstacles that From Software has put in front of you and you adapt to the roadblocks that are there. The roadblocks could be a boss you can't defeat. The roadblocks could be a certain item that you just can't find or whatever the case may be. 
But the point is, is that, that you just, you learn to just kind of roll with what's going on. And instead of banging your head over and over and over again on something that clearly is out, you're outclassed by, be water, go back the other way, go and, and see what's over on this side of the world instead. And suddenly it's like, wow, like that's where the genius comes in because I, once again, it's like this realization as a gamer where in other games and older games, I would just constantly be banging my head against this thing because there were no other options. Like you just had to get past this part. But in this game, they, 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 they took, you know, the, the bumpers out of the lane, so to speak. And they said, you know, just, you have free reign, you go do what you want to do and we'll see how you fare. And I think my goodness, like that, that right there is such a big part of the secret sauce of this game. I do think there are certain types of issues. I do think, you know, as we discussed earlier, that um, the lack of a journal feature was a bit of a bummer. The fact that they have this great story in place, but it wasn't in the game. It was not done in such a way where I was able to, to soak it up. I do think that that was a bit of a drawback as well, despite the fact that, you know, doing more research and, and looking online, that sort of thing, having a better understanding made it less obtuse. The other thing I would say too is that the UI is, I would say, uh, not as good as it could be. I think that that mm. it seems to be kind of like an outdated UI, yeah. And especially considering the fact that we're in next gen systems and UI UX design has come a long way. It just didn't have a, a certain sophistication to it, uh, which is saying something because so much of the of the core game itself is sophisticated. There there is a lot going on under the hood of this game. So those little things, I would say, knock it down a bit. But honestly, those are very small gripes that I have in what is otherwise a complete and utter masterpiece of a game. Yeah. So I think I'll probably give it a 9.5 out of 10 mm. uh, just because those little things, it's almost like seeing like a brand new Lamborghini and there's just, you know, one or two little nicks in the paint from gravel from driving it on the freeway that prevents it from being like perfect 10. But my goodness, I mean, I, I think I, I can speak for all three of us when I just give a heartfelt thank you to From Software for making this game. I don't know if they plan on making a sequel to it or whatever, but I can say that, you know, there are other titles like Bloodborne that, that we haven't played yet. Any of the Souls games, I know Demon Souls got a remastered on PS5 recently, but really my, I'm curious to see what is in store for us in the coming years because my goodness, like they, they really know how to make a, a memorable experience. So anyway, that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. I want to thank Nick for joining us. Yeah. Thank you very much. Good, Nick. sir. Really Thanks appreciate it. Anytime. Always a pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm where you can enjoy exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention, it financially helps us continue doing the podcast. Also, make sure you click on that subscribe button as well as that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single episode of Joygasm. It drops once a week, every week. And while you're at it, you could do a search on social media for at Joygasm TV. We're on all of them. And you can become part of the Joygasm community that way. And last but not least... Do a search for Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will look forward to hanging out with all of you once more next week.